Allow me to tell you the story of how I went from spending more money on a pair of shoes than I used to would have spent to buy a house. Hey guys, it's Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Randy here with another episode of the Power Prosperity Podcast. And I've turned on the laptop for all you lovely people out there in YouTube land who like to watch instead of listen. Um, and I got to say, you look you look good today. Have you lost some weight? Fix your hair or something? You look amazing today. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're continuing our series, counting down the five deadliest causes of failure. And if you're just joining for the first time, no, this isn't the result of um, 10,000 scientific studies conducted by Harvard University. This is my experience of having been teaching the principles of prosperity, coaching people, consulting with teams and organizations that want to do better for more than 30 some years. Um, this is what I hear in the trenches. This is the real world, what I perceive to be the five uh, specific things that are causing people from reaching the level of success that they're really capable of. And these five in particular that I'm doing this countdown with, um, they, they cause failure. They cause people to lose track and not achieve those dreams, those goals, those accomplishments. So this episode, we're looking at number two, and it is attempting success, but with a poverty consciousness mindset. Uh, prosperity consciousness, I would define as an optimistic view of the world. You expect good things to happen. Your default setting would be that you're healthy, happy, wealthy. That's how you believe the world works. Poverty consciousness, I would define as um, a negative mindset. You, your default setting is sickness, illness, disease, poverty, losing, not successful, not happy. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You expect bad things to happen. Uh, and look to your language for clues. It, it's funny if you were ever at a, a charity event and they have a door prize or a raffle and somebody wins, they're always, I can't believe it. I can't believe I won. And then something bad will happen. And they're like, I knew that was going to happen. I just knew that was going to happen to me. Well, what is that language telling you? It's telling you what your default mindset is. Uh, so the... The late, great Eric Reverend Butterworth, uh, Reverend Eric Butterworth uh, used to say, um, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, poverty is not the absence of money and material things. It's a mindset. And prosperity is not the abundance of money, and material things. It's also a mindset. And I 
equate this to the size of the window that you see the world through. And I believe the being on the path of prosperity consciousness, the size of that window keeps getting larger. It's the perspective you have in the world. Um, there was a time in my life that I thought spending $50 for a jacket was crazy, irresponsible even. And there, and now I sometimes spend $10,000 for a jacket. Um, and it's really important how you perceive that, even if you just heard me say that and you're like, wait a minute, who is this jerk? How could he spend $10,000 on a jacket when the children are starving in Africa and the rainforest is getting depleted and we got to save the whales and we got to save the tofu burgers and whatever. Um, that's a sign of a poverty consciousness because it's, it, it's kind of based on the belief that prosperity is finite and that it's always an either or equation. Like saving the rainforest is actually something that's important to me. And I actually spend a lot of money and resources helping to do that. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to live in a hut with no electricity and shoes and running water and be barefoot, uh, you know, abject poverty to save the planet. You can live a prosperous life and help create prosperous outcomes for the world. And kind of my philosophy is always that, you know, I spent 30 some years being broke and in debt. And I wasn't helping the world at all at that point. And since I became wealthy, I'm able to help. I mean, literally, just before I got on this, uh, you know, to film this for you guys, I put money in a GoFund, GoFundMe request for somebody whose mother died and they don't have enough money for the funeral, right? There was a time in my life I could have never helped in that. So being poor wasn't serving me and it wasn't serving the world. And for you to be poor doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the world. So if you want to become a success, you've got to make sure that you're approaching the world with prosperity consciousness, not poverty consciousness. Now let's go back to this expanding window or perspective you see the world. Um, I always tell the story of shoes because I think it's so outrageous for me to think that I could spend that kind of money on shoes. And I think it's really a great analogy for showing how that window expands. And I think it's a, also a great um, uh SAT exam or, you know, college exam uh, to tell you where your poverty or prosperity consciousness is at, depending on how you react or respond to the story. 
So I remember getting started in the business world and joining us a, a direct selling organization and I uh, wanted to be successful like those top leaders in that organization. And I remember the, the, the guy I idolized and wanted to be like had Bally loafers. And um, I had seen these shoes in the Rob Report, which if you haven't seen it, is this amazing magazine for wealthy people that I always got an issue because it was for dream building for me to, I didn't know it at the time, but what I was doing was expanding my, the window that I saw the world with, expanding my prosperity consciousness. So they do a survey of like the favorite this, the favorite that, the top 10 of this or that. And I remember Bally loafers from Switzerland were the number one shoe listed because they were the most comfortable with the most supple leather. And they were $200 a pair, <laughs> which... Sounds crazy today because, you know, what do people pay for Air Jordans or Yeezys or whatever? Uh, but let me tell you, back in the day, the gangster days for me, uh, you know, you spent $20 on a pair of shoes. $200 was obscene. So, but, oh, man, it's like all these rich people, they're wearing the, you know, and I'm wearing plastic pay less shoes. So they're cramping my feet. My feet are sweaty and smelly. They're so uncomfortable, you know, and it's just unhealthy for you to wear cheap shoes. Um, quality shoes is one of the most important um, prosperity behaviors you can give yourself is for the health and comfort reasons, you know, blood circulation, everything. Um, so this was my dream to get Bally loafers. And I finally started making money enough that I could buy my first pair of Bally loafers. And of course, now I was seeing the world through a little bigger window because had I gone home a couple of years earlier and told my mom that I was buying a $200 pair of shoes, she would have slapped me into next week, <laughs> right? Uh, then I discovered Prada and there were Prada sneakers. So I started buying Prada sneakers for like, $350 a pair, $500 a pair. Um, then I discovered this place from Italy, Testoni, and these Testoni shoes, dress shoes, they were like $1,000 a pair. So I'd be relating this story in my seminars. I was doing a lot of prosperity seminars in those days, and I was talking about my Testoni shoes. So a guy comes up to me after my workshop one day, and he says, here's where you really got to go. And it was a flyer for Lobb of London, John Lobb, shoemaker, who made shoes for, I don't know, King whoever, Prince, whoever, Queen Elizabeth, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., the Rat Pack people in the Hollywood glory days. Um, and now it was like the second or third or fourth generation of his family. They uh, make shoes. And so I'm reading this and they say, so you fly into London to do it. And they make a wood model of each they get cast of your foot 
and they make a wood model of each foot and then they custom hand make the shoes for you and there's one guy who just does the soles and there's one person who cuts the leather and there's one person who does the stitching and one person does the eyelets and you know there's like a village works on your pair of shoes and they cost like beginning at ten thousand dollars a pair and i'm like oh dude i have got to do that and um that's back when the concorde was was flying with BA and Air France. And I'm like, I need to take the Concorde to London for the weekend to go shopping. And I'm going to go to Lobs of London and order some shoes. <laughs> and I was personally uh, serviced by John Lobb, who the third or the fourth or whatever, who handled my account and you know, I ordered my shoes. And I thought, what an example of the, because there was a time when I grew up, if you haven't figured out looking at the screen, those of you guys watching, I'm really old. <laughs> so when I grew up, you could buy a house for less than $10,000. It wasn't a big house. It wasn't a fancy house, but you could buy a house for $8,000. $12,000, $15,000. Now I was paying more for shoes than I would have paid for a house. You know, what has to happen for my prosperity consciousness for that to happen? And uh, here's the thing. It, it really does go by stages. Um, and you, because you're incrementally changing your belief structure, your belief system. You're incrementally, incre incrementally changing your self-esteem, how you view your self-worth, what you believe you deserve. Um, and each time you expand that window, that happens. And then once the window expands, it never contracts again because you have, you have achieved a higher level of awareness and you'll never go back. And that's the process that I wish for you. That's the motivation for why I do the videos on this YouTube channel. That's the motivation why I ask you, like the shows, comment on the shows, subscribe to the channel, share the channel with the people in your world that you think, hey, they would really benefit from expanding their prosperity consciousness. Um, because that's what it is. It's simply an idea of, you know, this is how, you know, how do we cure poverty? We don't cure poverty by giving all the money away from the wealthiest people to the brokest people because, Six months later, the money's all going to be right back where it started. The way we cure poverty is through expanding consciousness, enlightenment, you know, creating and sharing prosperity consciousness. So I'm asking you to become a prosperity warrior and join me on this crusade with this podcast, with this YouTube channel 
with my books, with the other people who are working in this space, and let's eliminate poverty. Um, let's make the world a more prosperous place. And to do that, you got to expand your window. You got to expand your prosperity consciousness, and you got to, you know, change the perspective, perhaps, with which you view money, wealth, material things, and what you believe you deserve. Um, so why don't people do that? Why, why aren't more people? Why don't more people have prosperity consciousness? I believe it's because they've been programmed. You know, if you look at, you know, if you read that book behind me on the wall, Radical Rebirth, I prosecute the case of how you get brainwashed by the movies, the TV shows, the books, the social media, the blogs, the podcasts the social media platforms that you're exposed to on a daily basis. You're getting literally hundreds of memes, hundreds of mind viruses a, a day that are programming you with very dysfunctional beliefs about money, happiness, health, and success. And you become fear-based. That's I call that whole scenario anxiety incorporated. It's all the social media platforms, the media companies, governments, organized religion. They need to make you anxious. They need to make you fearful. They need to make you scared. They need to make you feel dependent on them. CNN needs you. ABC News needs you to get that breaking news alert and pick up your phone. Facebook needs you to say, Oh, your ex-girlfriend just put a post on Facebook. Better go check it, see if she's talking about you. <clears throat> They've got to create this fear and anxiety. And as a result, people become fear-based. So you could show someone or you could be shown like, hey, here's a way you could invest $100 and turn it into $1,000 over a particular course of time. If you're prosperity conscious, you know, prosperity conscious, you probably say, wow, that's a 10x on return on my investment. It's honest, it's ethical, it's moral, looks like it has a decent chance of success. This is a good move for me. And you put the $100 in and you get back a thousand. If you have poverty consciousness, you'd say, I'd love to have a thousand dollars. But what if I lose my $100? And you're focused on the fear side of that. Another cause of this is people give dis, uh, a disproportionate weight to other people's opinions of them. Guys, I got breaking news for you. If you want to do something epic, extraordinary, monumental, world-class, record-breaking, superior to what's currently being done, you're going to attract haters. You're going to attract bitter, jealous people who are going to want to ostracize you, ridicule you, or even attack you. And that might be the, 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 the message you need to show you you're on the right track. You can't Make your decisions based on what other people think, or you'll always have poverty consciousness. 
when you know something, it, you just feel like this is my path. This is this is a bold, daring, imaginative uh, goal that I'm setting for myself. And I believe I'm up to the challenge. You can't worry about how other people are going to perceive that. Okay. Um, the other thing you have to watch out for is with, with poverty consciousness, you actually you restrict your earnings potential, your health potential, your success potential. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a client come to me. They had this project, this business they're building. They had a really good thing going. Um, you know, they had a niche in the market. They kind of started to build a brand in the market. They had a, a captive audience. And I could see they had an upside. They could grow their business 20 times, 100 times, even 500 times. What they were missing was the marketing part of the equation. The stuff that I'm really good at, copywriting, social media marketing, creating, developing a tribe, right? I have an event I do every year called Tribal Event. It's just for people like that who want to build a tribe, build a community. Um, I'm one of the best people in the world at that. <clears throat> I, the, the amount of people that I've helped become millionaires and multimillionaires. And yes, I've worked with a couple who are billionaires. I'm really good at that, right? So I look at this project, I say, and it's kind of in an area that I like. It's in, it's a sandbox I would want to play in. And I say, so there's two partners and I say, hey, I can give you advice. You can hire me for X amount of money or I'll give you option B, which is give me a third of the business. I'll come in as a partner. You guys handle what you do amazing, the logistics, building out the infrastructure, what you need to make this a multi-million dollar deal is what I can bring to the table. Marketing, you know, the marketing aspect. Um, and they were just really fearful of that. And that's the kind of their, their default setting is poverty consciousness. And particularly one of the partners I know really well for a long time, and that's been my experience of him. Uh, I've watched him over the course of many business ventures, and he's 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 a hoarder. He's always protecting. He's always defending. And I get why he comes from a extremely poor uh, background. I mean, like really poor, like growing up in a trailer park poor. Um, and now he's made a living for himself, so he can make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. But that's the size of the window that he can view the world for he's not he wasn't ready at that time so when i suggest hey i'll come in as a third partner um he was on her own you know and so now it's been i don't know 10 years later and they're still exactly where they were 10 years ago because that's the size of the window that they choose whether conscious or subconsciously, to view the world through. You have to flip the switch to optimism. People who accomplish great things, they have a positive vision for their lives. Um, 
you, and the other thing I would say in, in advice, my homework for you this week is you can't just do baby steps all the time. You can't just do the incremental stuff. Every now and then you have to take a big leap. Something is going to come up. If you want to build a company, if you want to build a nonprofit organization, you want to lead an organization, there will come a time you will be building it step by step, baby step by baby step. And you're going to reach a point where it's going to require the death defying leap. Meaning this is going to be the time where, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I have to break this news to clients all the time, companies that I work with, entrepreneurs that I work with, because they've created a, a safe reality. They have viable growing businesses, but they're at the point where I have to say, listen, at this stage, you are going to need to pay somewhere between $300,000 and $500,000 a year salary and get a rock star CTO. Or, hey, you're going to have to spend a million dollars launching this particular country marketplace. Or you're going to have to quadruple your staff from five to 25, whatever the case may be. Um, that's the death-defying leap, meaning, okay, are you going to play it safe or are you going to take the, take the leap? And know that that's where the, you know, nobody ever reaches a breakthrough in their comfort zone. And you won't be the first. For you to achieve a breakthrough, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. I can't give you specific advice. I don't want you to do anything foolish. I don't want you to take your kid's college fund and mortgage your house and all of your life savings and put it into your new venture to sell bus bench advertising in Bosnia. Okay. I can't give you that kind of advice. And I'm not a financial planner. I'm not an investment planner. I'm none of those things. I'm a high school dropout who's become wealthy. I worked in the, this real world on the streets, worked my way up and created my wealth that way. Um, and I just had to say, I, I had to take some bold, daring, scary leaps of faith along the way. And every uh, person who really wants to do something amazing, you'll have to do that at some point. Not just in business, sometimes it's with health, sometimes it's with marriage, relationships where you got to take that bold leap. You have to be the first one who says, I love you. <laughs> you have to be the first one who says, will you marry me? Knowing that that other person could say no. But are you going to live in fear? Or are you going to live in faith? Are you going to live with poverty consciousness? Or are you going to embrace prosperity consciousness. You know which one I'm going to recommend for you. All right. Again, thanks for watching. Please share the episode. Uh, if you're on YouTube, love to get you down in the comments. If you're listening on the podcast, Spotify has comments now, or you can hit me up on Twitter. And I will see you next episode where we will reveal 
the number one deadliest cause of failure. <laughs> I'll see you then. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Do me a favor, please, and practice the circulation law of prosperity by telling your friends about the Power Prosperity Podcast. Please like it, rate it, and share. Peace.